0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. I hope everybody had an awesome Christmas with their family and friends. And um, this week is Q&A 124. This is December 26, 2022. And I want to say that I'm really um, pleased with how 2022 went for um, my business, TLC, Uh, I pivoted my training business to be strictly a coach doing clinics lessons in this virtual coaching group in 2020, which has been a smart decision for me because I trained horses for a living for 25 years and I loved it. But there comes a time when your body says enough is enough. And now I get to coach 100%, which I'm absolutely loving. And there's been over 222 members that have signed up for the um, group in 23 states and one international. And uh, there's at least 117 in the group at all times. Uh, Members come and go based on their competition seasons, especially the others in um, maybe snowy states or states in the summer, hot summers or or cold winters. So, But it's really fun. I like to check in with them, um, and I'll be checking in with everybody who's ever signed up Uh, In the beginning of the year in January to see if they want to set any new goals and get more videos analyzed um, Of training and competition and that I think is probably the number one favorite thing people love about the group But there's so much more in the group. There's a members only website that has all the training videos uh, organized by topic the group I put a lot of uh, time in as far as um, putting training tips and videos and such in there Uh, Also, there's the weekly Q&A like this uh, which is posted in the group as well So there's a lot of fun things to it and you also get the email with the book and all of that So there's a lot of resources for you members So just remember to remember to go ahead and take a look at those things You can the email that I sent you has six PDFs You can print them all and put them in a three-ring binder if you wanted to or you can purchase the main books off of Amazon as well but We're going to cover a lot today, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, I know New Year's is coming up. It's only a few days away, and a lot of you have a big New Year's barrel race this weekend, so I'm sure a lot of you will be conditioning your horses. I had quite a few questions come in um, last week, and I also have a topic to cover today. I want to talk about, is your horse patterned and uh, what that means to pattern a barrel horse? So that's going to be our topic today, but before I get into that... I want to welcome a new member, Caitlin from Florida. So welcome to you, Caitlin. And then also have some questions here to answer. Um, One was about their mental game. They feel like they they do great at home, but not good at the shows. And I honestly find that to be the number one problem with mental game. Um, You have to remember the horse knows what you're thinking probably before you do. So for me, I have always, always loved training horses. My passion has been um, to just be in the backyard training horses. That's always what I've loved to do the most. I spent more time on five hundred acres with horses and dogs than I did anything else in my life, and um, and I loved every minute of it. And then I'd go to the shows on the weekend to see how the horses were competing. Now, mind you, half of it would be on the trail, half of it would be in the arena for you know the day or the week or the ride. Depend on the individual horse and what they needed. I like to mix it up So the horse doesn't get bored and and also keeps them fresh So that's why I do maybe one day a week in the arena on drills You know, uh, you know a couple days a week on the pattern just depend on the horse and where they are in their training Um, and then maybe mix it up with some out in the cow pasture and all that so The training horses are being ridden five days a week the competition horses that are open They may only get three rides during the week and then compete on the weekend But it all depends on the individual and what they need some need more drill. some need more uh, Trail some need more pattern. So it just again is the individual but I love training and I kept a log on every horse so I knew what they needed and what was working So that's when you go to the horse show and you enter the jackpot or the rodeo or super show. And that's when you also make mental notes of what's working and what you need to improve on. So to me, it was always about getting them to their personal best or getting to a goal that I had with that horse. So for me, it was easier to stay a little bit calmer because I was focused on what I needed to do, which was what I had practiced during the week with them. And that's how you need to look at barrel racing. And to treat it like home, because a horse will certainly know if you're acting different. So, with that in mind, um, there definitely needs to be a go and no go with you. And I'll address that um, quickly here. I'm sorry, my water bottle is making noise. But um, for <clears throat> for knowing when you're a go or no go, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to your um, your body language, it's kind of like you have to learn how to uh, reset yourself. If you find yourself getting really nervous, um, first look at your body language. Are you being defensive or defeated or are you being confident? And then secondly, look at your focus. Are you focused on the things you can control like doing your job? Or are you focused on a past run or, or a mistake or, or um, you know, blaming or complaining or unable to focus on what you need to get done? Um, the third thing is the um, self-talk. Are you being positive um, or negative? You know, uh, all of those things are really important. Fourth, um, how you feel, your energy and your body. Are you, are you tight muscles or are you relaxed and confident and good energy? Um, you know, all of these things, are, you know, if you feel anxiety or panic attack, all of these things, too hyper, um, too, too mellow, You know, you have to know how to get yourself into your mental toughness, into your uh, competitive uh, mindset. And by doing it, it doesn't have to be anything hard. It just needs to be what you do at home. Um, When you're riding your horse, you're focused on what you need to do. You're trying to trust them. You just do your job, like give them a clear go cue, ride to your spots, a clear rate and turn cue, a clear drive cue out. And that will make your run better because you treat it just like you're at home. you know, your perspective is really important, you know, going into uh, finishing a year, you can look back on a year and find what went well, what didn't go well, and, um, and just keep perspective. You know, you're be thankful that you have a horse to compete on, that your horse is healthy, you're healthy, um, you know, instead of being focused on of messing up or, or um, having to win a check or points or something like that, you know, just perspective is very important. And finally, uh, the sixth thing is identifying your situation and what's going on with you. Are you trusting your training? Are you trusting the process? Are you really frustrated and um, feeling impatient? You know, are you ready to quit? Are you in tears? So again, knowing your go and no go. And if you're not in the go mode, don't enter, just exhibition. If you don't feel ready, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself because you want to set your horse and you up for success and you want to build their confidence, not take it down. So even if you entered and you're not feeling as confident, then go out there and treat it as an expensive exhibition and you're just going to go for smooth and pretty and build off of that. Um, always reach down, pet that horse, those kind of things. So that's a really important thing to do for your mental game. It can certainly be lost before you ever even get to the alleyway or the barrel race by your mindset. So just remember to treat it like you're at home and be calm and confident and think about you're doing this to build you and your horse as a confident team, not to tear it down. The second question is about hand position. They said they keep wanting to lift their hand before the barrel and look at the barrel. We know that's a huge problem. It causes anticipation, it causes hit barrels. It is a big problem. So being in a six inch box in front of your saddle horn is super important. Um, it's hard to teach it, but if you work at it a lot in your slow work, whether it be on the barrel pattern, on drills, even when you're out trail riding, um, you know, when you have your hands with your thumbs up and your fingers around your reins, think of a six inch box in front of your saddle horn, um, Your left hand never crosses, you you know, over, you don't cross your withers, you don't get chest high, you don't pull over the barrel or down to your thigh. It's a go cue, a, a rate cue and a neutral cue and then a shaping cue or a turn and release cue. Sometimes you might go flat knuckle and give it to your horse to release them a little bit more in the turn. Sometimes you go thumbs up and pick them up and your movement only needs to be an inch at a time an inch up or an inch back uh, or a couple inches forward but it doesn't need to be or a couple inches back to bump them anything more dramatic than an inch or two um it is important that your body works with it your shoulders should always stay square you should never lean um, as you're approaching a barrel when you do sit for rate you want to think of um, i often say letting your shoulders and ribs fall into your hips but some people, that's not enough for them. Think of tilting your pelvic bone under, you know, tucking your seat bone under and pushing down to your saddle. So tilting your pelvic bone under. And then think of pulling your belly button back to your, you know, your spine. Sometimes that's a good visual for people. And that also works on your core. But you're still keeping your shoulders straight as you tuck your um, your seat bone, your pelvic bone, and, and tuck your belly button to your your back to your spine so that will also help you with sitting for rate Um, you will turn to your inside hip and shoulder to snap out of your barrels and that's something I want to talk about in the next question the next question asked about footwork and how can I get my horse to have a little bit fancier footwork or to be a little bit more quick with their feet and things like that First it says start with perfect circles. I have two drills. I highly recommend when you're working on footwork with horses um, the first one is Is the figure eights with a snap, but you don't start with a snap you start with big figure eights like outside of a 10 foot cones um, So you'll be in like 15 20 foot figure eights with simple transitions The line should be straight on the figure eights and then you should shape them and you can even ride one-handed in the round part of your figure eight from cone one two and three and then when you come in for your small figure eight I try to think of it as five feet going in spot one five feet on the back side spot two and three feet at spot three coming out But <clears throat> you always want to go in easy go easy around from spot one to two and snap and drive out at spot three So whatever speed you're going if it's a slow walk fast walk out if it's a slow jog in post trot out if it's a slow lope in fast slope out and always feel them use that inside hind pivot foot to push off on it. That's going to teach them some fancy footwork. It's also going to teach them to ride their front and back feet around the barrel. It's going to teach them to pull with their shoulders and push with their hips. That's really important. Um, the other thing is the uh, single barrel uh, on the pattern. That's my drill where you actually work circles on the outside of the cones and then you come in and And you work spot one and two very round, and then you snap out for spot three and go back into your big circle again. So you do that for two or three sets at each speed, whether it be a walk, post, trot, jog, or a high lope, slow lope. And then on your final one that you're happy with, you go to the next barrel, stop and pet them, and you repeat it at the following barrel. And, of course, there's videos for everything I just talked about in the group and also at the members only page. Uh, And I I talked about it in the training notebook as well. Let's see here. The next question was about nutrition. Um, I personally feel like, you know, they were asking what's the best diet for a bear horse. When my horses were competing, and even now with retirement for them, I believe in 60 to 80% of their diet to be mostly a high-quality grass hay. And when I say high-quality grass hay, I'm, you know, talking more like orchard, Timothy, maybe Bermuda, um, things like that. The quality of the grass hay is not as good in uh, hays like coastal. Um, and you also have to worry about impaction colics and all of that. Um, then I'd look at maybe 20 to 40 percent max on a higher protein, um, you know, which would be like alfalfa hay. But I would also be careful. Some people do peanut hay. I'm not a fan of that personally. I, I prefer the alfalfa. But I would also say that's a cautionary tale with an individual horse too, Some horses do better with ONA, some do better with TNA, some do better with straight Timothy, straight orchard. Um, And, you know, some don't do well with alfalfa. So you kind of have to know your horses. But personally, I think the bulk of a horse's diet should be forage and quality hay will give them most everything they need. Um, If you have a horse with special needs, then you're going to have that last 5% of tweaking. I do like personally, I like to give all my horses one ounce of dynamite a day. It's a vitamin and mineral supplement. It gives them the amino acids. uh, The chelated amino acids is in there and all of the other vitamins, minerals that they need um, in just an ounce a day. And you can put that just in a bucket alone, or you can give it with a a little bit of soaked hay pellet or hay cubes, or even a a cup of your favorite feed, you know, as a treat. Um, You know, if you want them to have a cup of senior or a cup of you know, whatever, uh, a high fat, low starch feed just for something so they get something. But I don't think horses need a lot of anything. um, As far as that goes, I do think you will need to fine tune though. Let's say you have a horse with not the best hooves. You might want to give them a like dynamite has dyna hoof and it's a biotin. um, It has biotin and methylene. I say that. And a few other things that are helpful to get the hoof growth and thickness of the the walls um, and sole growth, so that's a good one for horses that maybe don't have the best feet. Um, we could talk for days about horse hooves, you know, no hoof, no horse, and that's the truth. So you have to work closely with your farrier. Um, recently, I had x-rays taken of an older mare and the vet was, you know, pleased with their sole depth, but not with the ankles. So, um, and that had nothing to do with the farrier. It had to do with the mare's age and and past, so um, you know, We just put her in normal shoes just to help her out there, but I'm going to go ahead and add the biotin and see if we can get some more growth on her to help her. Maybe we can switch her angles up a little bit over time with a little bit more growth, especially now that it's dark and you know they don't grow as fast in the shorter days as they do in the summertime with longer days. Um, so those are always things that you can tweak based on the horse. And, and what you do once, you may not ever have to do again. Horses change. You know, they're based on where they're at. Um, if you have a harder keeper, you may need a higher fat, low, high fat, low starch, something in their diet, but you may be able to just increase alfalfa for that horse. Um, if you have an easy keeper, you can they can probably survive just on the grass hay and be perfectly fine. Um, I know my mares and, and Rocky, they're very low keepers. They could get away with mainly just a gr- high quality grass hay, but they do like their alfalfa. So of course they do, you know, give me the green stuff, right? So um, so that's something to consider. And then um, the next question was about getting a horse to drink in this cold weather. Um, uh, that's really important because dehydration, colics are really scary in the wintertime when you're giving them extra hay to keep them warm. But maybe they're not drinking as much because it's cold. So I do blanket my horses when it's going to be in the 40s or lower for many hours at a time. Because I feel like if they're warm, they're gonna drink more. If they're cold, they're not. Um, so I do. Plus, Florida, we don't get cold very often, so they don't really get a good coat, and they're not really used to it. Because we could go from eighty to forty just like that, and it's pretty hard on them. So, but right now we've been um, every morning iced in the in the uh, in the tanks and the buckets in the stalls. So what I've been doing is using the pool pull net, I break it with the one side of the and then I scoop it out the ice with the pool net after. I break it with the pole and then I scoop it out with the net. And um, But it's still really, really cold. So I wait till the hottest part of the day and I dump them and refill them with the hose. Well water temperature is making it to so where they don't freeze as bad the next day where if you just keep you know breaking ice and sh- and taking the ice out the water's still ice cold and when it's really cold like that sometimes horses won't drink cuz it's too cold the water's too cold so so that can also cause dehydration so i would highly recommend dumping your buckets and your troughs in the warmest part of the day usually you know the end of the afternoon and refilling them in in places like here when i lived in colorado We had heated water tanks in the barn. We had uh, buckets that plugged in. So the horses always had access to warm water with no ice. So they drank pretty good. But if you get, you know, in Florida, we don't have those things. We don't even have our pipes covered out here. So we have to go around and cover pipes or let them drip, things like that. So it's definitely a different, um, different deal. So it's things they aren't used to. So that's one option. The other option is some people like to add electrolytes. I use DynaSpark um, for horses but you know only like a quarter of an ounce. It just gets them to want to drink more, but you do not want to give electrolytes whether it be Gatorade or or uh, any electrolyte you buy at a tax store or a feed store without on a really dehydrated horse because it could cause more dehydration because of the sodiums and salts and such. So I would definitely be careful with that. Don't overdo the electrolytes if they're not drinking, especially. Um, so that's something to consider as well. The third thing I would suggest is soaking a mash for them. Like you could bring hot water or warm water from the house and make and dump it into hay pellets or hay cubes or bran mash or beet pulp. But beet pulp you got to soak much longer. So just keep those things in mind. But that will get more fluids in your horse too and give them some nice warm um, a warm breakfast or warm treat. So that's another way to get water in them. Um, I'm not a big person on anything big change, like mineral oil or anything. Because, I mean, think of your own stomach. If you change your diet really fast, you get a bellyache. So I, I try not to, to do anything that's going to get my horses upset, especially a lot of mineral oil or anything like that. Just, you know, use common sense, just quality hay, and keep them drinking. That's the main thing. And however you got to get the water into them, whether it's, you know, like I said, it's... Um, Natural is the best way. Like I said, I like to just get their water dumped and refilled in the hottest part of the day And the ice won't be as bad the next day if you start with You know water that's you know well temperature versus already frozen from the night air. So that's always a helpful thing um, Let's see what else uh, So someone asked what's the best way to move from 2022 into 2023 with your horses? Um The first thing I would do, like I said, get a log. I'm doing it myself this week. I'm going to take time and write down some things. I'm going to uh, look at 2022. And I'm going to say, what did I learn in 2022? And what do I want to leave behind? So number one, what did I learn? Number two, what do I want to leave behind? Number three, what do I want to take with me? And number four, what do I want for the new year? So that's a really good place to start. Write down those four things. For everyone, it's going to be different. For some of you, you just want peace, joy, and happiness. Enjoy your horses and your farm and, you know, all of that. For others, you have huge goals that you want to, you know, uh, fill your WPA permit or win one D at a super show or, you know, get to the top five at your college or high school rodeo or, you know, just everybody has different goals. And that's where you've got to write down your path. And figure out exactly what was helpful and what was not so um, the next thing I want to talk about is um, the topic of is your horse patterned um, a wonderful way to see how your horse's is pattern is do this and I would like to challenge everybody to do this to take your horses to the barrel pattern start walking to first barrel but as you get to your barrel pattern Only use your eyes, your body, and your voice to turn the barrels. Do not use your hand or legs unless they're making a big mistake and going off pattern, but see if they will do the pattern on their own. That's going to tell you whether or not your horse knows the pattern and what they think their pattern is. Some horses will go in tight and blow out wide, some horses won't turn at all. Some horses will turn it beautifully. So um, that will start to tell you already if your horse is patterned good. And Again, you're allowed to use your eyes. You're allowed to use your your seat, you know your hips and your shoulders and your voice You can say whoa or easy or here you can look around at your um, next barrel But you can't use your hands or legs because it's going to tattle whether or not you do too much for your horse Or whether or not your horse is patterned I can always tell a horse that doesn't know their job because they don't even try to turn a barrel and, and That's how you'll know. So just walk it and see And then that will be a goal for you to start patterning your horse more without so much hand and leg and just using eyes, body, and voice to where the horse does it more on their self. And that's what it's supposed to be 50-50. You give a a go cue with your body. You give a rate cue with your body. You give a turn cue with your body. Your eyes are always looking at your spot. You can talk to your horse. You can say easy or hear or whatever, but you definitely don't want to be doing all hands and legs. I can always tell the riders that, Pull their horses around the barrels because they will not turn a barrel without their riders. So that's how you'll start to begin to know if your horse's pattern. The next way is if you go up to a barrel and you sit and say, Whoa, do they stop? Do they stop square? Do they put their hip in? Do they put their hip out? Will they slow down going into every barrel and around each barrel and only hurry out? Do they carry themselves correctly? Are they craving the turn or do you have to help them? All of these things are ways to know if your horse is patterned correctly. So I believe after you get a solid foundation, once you can do my drills perfect at a walk, trot, lope, that's a perfect time to start putting your horse on the pattern. Even if you can walk and trot my drills, you can still walk and trot the barrels, but I wouldn't suggest loping the barrels till you can lope TLC drills really well. Um, The drills I'd recommend you be able to do very well, I mean I have a ton of drills, but the most important drills that you should be able to walk, trot, and lope before you lope barrels are spirals, D pattern, single barrel, um, squares with hind end turns. Um, that would be really good. Um, all lefts, all rights would be great. Figure eights, inline barrels. Uh, all of those would be perfect way to start uh, with before. Once you could do that, especially, you know, like the D pattern, those are the ones that will really help you with getting to, to be able to uh, lope the barrels with ease. And that's our goal. We want it to be natural for them. Like, and always doing your small circles one-handed is really important, too. Not being dependent on two hands all the time. If you have to do everything two-handed, you're not really ready to turn the barrels. And even from the get-go, I like to turn my barrels one-handed. I don't want my horses being dependent on that balance rein to have good form in a turn. So that if I can't lope one-handed circles, I'm not ready to lope barrels. So those are all things to consider to make sure that your horses are patterned well. Um, And spirals is great. Spirals will help you uh, with a horse as far as like um, doing the extension and collection, especially if you can do it one-handed from your seat. So maybe you start with an 80-foot circle and then you go down to like, you know, 40, And then you go down to maybe 20, then back to 40, and then back out to 80 or 60. You know, kind of mix it up, whatever space you have available. But the goal is that you can do it one-handed would be a great goal. The other is that your horse is raiding off your body. So if you post-trot the large, sit-jog the medium and the small, sit-jog the medium and post-trot the large. Or if you're loping, sit deeper as you, you lope smaller. And you can do a little bit of bumping if you need to with your seat and hand together for rate. Your hand will come back towards the saddle horn as your seat pushes deeper in the saddle. And you say easy every quarter turn. Um, That will help a horse rate and collect. Um, All of those things are important. So the D pattern is really important. Um, I even like to do pole bending on my barrel horses. Not like you would think, just letting them weave through the poles, but I want a ton of bend and flex. I want to get a lot of nose, a lot of shoulder. All of those things will really help, um, really help a horse with uh, getting that flexion that they need and um, that, you know, that feel that you want for lead departures, left lead, right lead departure, where you've got nose in, shoulder out, hip under, and, you know, being able to Get your horse given their nose and scissor legs. All of that's going to be really important as well. Um, so, like I said, the D pattern is probably one of my favorite because it works a straight line where you snap out off your inside hip and then you have your big extended D and then you have your little collected D where you're riding their hiney in the hole. You're riding the front and back feet to the entrance, the backside, and the exit and then they snap out straight. So, those are all things to consider. When you're doing things with your horses, um, I also like squares with hind quarter turns. So I might um, walk or uh, lock or post trot to a big square rectangle and then sit and do a loose rein whoa. and then I do not a full roll back, but a ninety degree turn and do a quarter turn like that and post trot or lope to the next corner and stop, loose rein. And then post trotter lope to the next corner stop loose rein i may even do it with transitions squares with transitions and what that does is it keeps the horse's shoulders and and hips square and um, teaches them to keep their body more correct and just um, riding front and back feet to each corner rather than a circle so i like to mix that kind of stuff up all of them are really good for hoof placement for balance um For extension, collection, all the things that you would want on your horses. Uh, Figure eights with simple transitions is great. And then figure eights with uh, flying lead changes for more snappy when they're ready would be really important to do as well. Um, So those are all ways to, to make sure your horse is ready for the pattern. And you don't want to go faster on the pattern than your horse can do it correct. So if I'm loping to the barrel and my horse has no desire to rate or turn it, I'm not ready to lope the barrels yet. I need to spend more time walking it and trotting it until they understand rate, turn. A horse has to want to rate. A horse has to want to turn. If you don't have that in your horse, they're not ready to go faster. If you're having to bump them and check them in your slow speeds, you're not ready to go faster. I'm not against bumping or or anything like that in a run but I don't want to bump at a walk trot or a slow lope. I want it all to be off my voice, my body, and my seat as I look at my spots. And it's important to know at this point where you're gonna start with your spots. Usually the best place to start with an arc is seven to eight feet, and then your pocket four or five feet, going in on the backside and finish three feet. You can always modify and make it smaller or bigger as you'd go based on the horse's style and size and stride. But that's a really good place to start. So as you're looking at ending um, as the, at the end of last year and you're ready to go on to um, finishing out this year on to the next year, there's a couple more things I want you guys to think about before I finish this um, video up. But But on the barrel pattern, if you have holes in your foundation, fix that on the barrel pattern. If they're not rating or turning on their own at the slow speeds, spend more time on the pattern until they do crave to rate and turn a barrel. Um, If you have a free runner, spend more time on transitions and walking and trotting the pattern and slow loping it. You know, get that want to rate and turn in your horse. Um, That's really important. If you have a push horse, you might spend more time on circles and true turns where you, you know, are all lefts, all rights and keep them more fluid. That might be better off for yours. Um, But the things I want you to think about, if you remember uh, back on um, the beginning of December, I mentioned a lot of things we were going to discuss more in detail. And one of those things was why setting goals is important. Setting goals are important because it gives you a focus. It helps you to be productive daily. It also um, develops habits um, and and, um, routines. It helps keep you organized. All of these things will help you reach your purpose and your passion and help you follow your heart. So for some of us, work or school may not be your purpose or your passion. It may be what you do to get to where you need to go. And um, if that's the case, this will also help you with that. It's much easier if you are following your heart to want to set goals, to be focused and productive It's a little bit harder when you're doing something that maybe you're not into as much, but you've got to do it to get to that next spot or to pay the bills so you can chase your goals and your dreams. So it is very important. That's why goals are important. So keeping a schedule is really important. Um, Setting up a routine is really important. As I mentioned, um, I had a goal to have 150 people sign up for my coaching group. God is great. God has sent me 220, which is, or yeah, 222 actually, which is super awesome. And, um, you know, I would love to retain 150 of them all the time, which means I need to, you know, always be giving it a hundred percent, working at my group daily, um, making sure I'm giving you guys productive video critiques with encouragement, also advice on your run and drills that you can do during the week to help you. And ask questions, you know, what cues did you change? What are you doing different? When you come to me with a problem, the first thing I say is what changed? What did you do different? Because those details are where you will find your changes. Maybe you changed a diet, the supplement, maybe they're sore. Um, You know, maybe your mental game was off. Maybe you didn't ride as often that week. You didn't practice as much. You know, it makes a difference how focused you are, how much you put into it often you're going. You know, if you go once a month, it's hard to get better versus if you go once a week or every other week. Um, Those are all important things as well. So those are the things I want you to do. And then the eighth thing that I I, topic I mentioned back in the beginning of the month was uh, worrying about things you can control and things you cannot control. I cannot say that enough. People's fret over stuff that you have no control over. You don't have control over what people say about you, what people think about you. You don't have control of who runs the fast time of the day. You don't have control over the draw, the ground conditions. You do have control over how often you ride your horse, how you warm up, where you choose to enter. You have control on how you choose to ride your horse down that alleyway, where the spots you ride your horse to, your uh, connection to your horse, being relaxed and calm and confident and focused. All of those things you have, uh, you know, you have control on how you're going to handle issues if they arise or adversity or challenges. All of those things are in your control. So um, that's the stuff that I want you to focus on. That's the stuff that you will make you a better competitor by focusing on what you can control. Um, The next thing was um, what we talked about earlier, you know, resetting your go, no go, making sure you're ready for that. So, um. These are the things that you really want to make sure uh, that you are are thinking about and that you are prepared for. So get those journals, you guys. If you don't already have one, you should. Um, Make sure you're including everything in your barrel racing log. You know, um, and one more thing I'd like for everyone to do is write down everything you want and pray to God for it. I think that's so important. Um, If you don't ask God, He can't help you right if you don't know what you want um, it's hard to to have a plan so write down the things that you want for next year Um, know what it is that you that you are looking to accomplish Um, you know it is really important to write it down ask God for it out loud and that will help you uh, in prayer that will help you to to meet those goals so I'm gonna go ahead and finish um, with a little bit of a uh, a finish here. In my training notebook here on page 46, um, it says, to be a champion, you must think and act like a champion. You must believe in yourself and your horse. Remember what I said, the group word for 2023 is going to be believe. Um, and for me personally, it's gonna be thrive. Um, As And I want you to pick your word for 2023. As a full-time trainer, um, giving lessons five days a week and having one day for family and one day for competition, I didn't always get myself in pressured environments of barrel racing more than once a week on average. Sometimes I'd run three horses. Often I ran more than one. Um, Only when my mind was properly prepared could I get my mental game tough and get in the zone before my runs. So one of my favorite quotes is Those Who Dare to Be Better by President Roosevelt. It says, it's not the critics who count, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled, nor the doer of deeds who have con- who could have done better, but the credit goes and belongs to the man who is competing in the arena, whose face is marred with dust and sweat, who strives valiantly, who ears and comes up short repeatedly, Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause. Who at best knows triumph of achievement. Who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Who knows that his place shall never be with the cold or timid souls who know neither victory or defeat. The only thing I would change about this is woman instead of man. (laughs) So, all right. So the other thing I want you to consider is, um, is your mental toughness is what gets you to the pay window. How do you get into your competitive mind frame? How do you deal with your nerves, pressure, negative feelings? Really, the first thing you need to do is practice over and over to prepare yourself to perform at the top of your mental game. This can include deep breathing and visualizing your runs. It should include it all the time, daily. You should always be working on your, anything stresses you out, you know, take 10 deep breaths, visualize your runs, you know, everything from where the timers are to the barrel placement, to, you know, how your horse might react to barrels on the fence or out in the open, all of those things, alleyway setups, visualize your runs, visualize your ride into your spots, your cues you're gonna use. It has a lot to do with being calm and confident and focused and in the moment during your run, trusting your training and preparation from during the week. Overthinking will cause you to become mechanical and get your timing off. So don't overthink. Your horse needs you to be positive and you have to have positive thoughts of you and your horse making a smooth and fast run beforehand. So remember two things when you're competing, breathe and positive images. Familiar yourself with the event Um, The arena barrel stakes all of those things Um, If you have been there before review it in your mind if you have it You can find it on YouTube sometimes and take a look at videos there before you get there Um, Sometimes you can exhibition some horses do better with or without some horses um, You just need to ride up to the alleyway and take a look at the ground and be there some horses do better if they get in the arena beforehand some do better if you just get in there and compete and that's it So know your horse Mentally rehearse your competition in your mind thinking about it being fun being in control and making a smooth run Look forward to the competition instead of saying I'm nervous. say I'm excited and believe that you are just excited to get to be there and do what you love um, If you're feeling pressured again, use some of your relaxing and centering exercises Keep your thinking aligned with being calm and confident and challenged and having fun during the event. During your warm-up, be both relaxed mentally and physically. Focus on your movements, your connection to your horse, continual awareness of how you feel. The seconds before you run, clear your mind, trust your run, trust your horse, and let it, let it happen. Know that you are all go for competition. Um. It is a huge subject among barrel racers, and we really um, see. Your, have to see yourself riding in the moment on fill with a positive attitude. Um, experience, practice of skill, heart, positive attitudes, and mental toughness are five key elements that you will need to be successful. You must have all five of these to be consistent at winning. Again, it's experience, practice of your skill, positive attitude, heart, and mental toughness. So I'm going to leave you with that. Throw racing is an adrenaline rush. Um, It's addicting. You love it. You spend a ton of time and money at it. And you usually have an average of 16 seconds once a week to get it all right. So your mental game has to be sharp and you need to prepare during the week. Surround yourself with positive people who support your goals and dreams and believe in you and your horse that will build you up and not tear you down. Stay clear of negative people, be polite, but go the other way quick. Confide and discuss in what you're dealing with only with your support team. That could be your spouse, a best friend, a trainer, a coach, a mentor. Seek outside help from time to time with um, a trainer, clinics, lessons. Watch people at shows. That's a free clinic every time you go to a barrel race. Watch how they warm up, groom, exhibition, compete. Walk through the barns at super shows and see, you know, what kind of hay they're feeding, how their stalls look, you know, how they treat their horses, what other things they do for their horses, you know, mats, um, you know, extra equipment to take care of them. Realize what you like and dislike and make mental notes to yourself about it. And lastly, just enjoy it. Enjoy the process and the journey, keep it fun. And as you approach the alleyway, only think of one or two things before your run. For me, it was always spot one and spot two. For some, it might be your spot and low hands or low and forward hands, or it might be sit and say, whoa, or it might be you spots and use your legs. Whatever helps you stay focused and calm without overthinking. We are blessed to have a horse and live in a country where we can barrel race. I believe God gives us all gifts purpose, and passion, and um, I used to say at the opening of my clinics, there's nothing better than hearing the new time to beat or the winner is, followed by your name, but 30 years later, I find the best part is the time you spent with your horse, making memories with your horse, and with your family and your friends, so thank you for tuning in to this week's um, Q&A, and as always, ride with heart, and God bless, and almost happy new year.